It's tied to what I've been speaking before. This, this is really important. Believe me, it's important. It may not be as important to you, but to me, it is very important. Very, very important. Believe me, it is. Father, I want to thank you. Spirit of the living God, I ask that you, you minister just a simple truth to us tonight. Really basic truth that will help us to go higher in the things of God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been speaking on uh, dealing with righteousness and the fruit of righteousness and allowing the real righteousness to work for you. And last week, we talked about what you can do as a person to put your, or to engage your righteousness to produce fruit for you. Because there is what is called, according to Second Corinthians chapter 9, what is called the fruit of your righteousness. When you receive the gift of righteousness, that gift belongs to you. A gift that is given to you, once it's handed over to you, and you have received that gift, it's your gift, it's your, it's your personal property. If somebody gives you a gift of a car, and you receive the key, the car belongs to you. They can talk about them giving you the car, but now the car is your car. So is the gift of righteousness, which is the righteousness of God, meaning you are as righteous as God is. I didn't say as holy as God is. You are as righteous as God is because God gave you this, the gift of righteousness, which is the righteousness of Jesus, and is the righteousness that brings the power. The power goes after your righteousness. So the Bible tells us, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because you have the righteousness of God. You cannot be condemned. You cannot be condemned. You already have the righteousness of God. So the Bible says there is therefore now. Now that you are in Christ, you cannot be condemned. Did you say you are, you are sinless? No, but you are in Christ. And you have the righteousness of God. And there is no righteousness bigger than that. And because you have that righteousness, regardless of what's happening in your life, you have the power behind you. Because you have the righteousness of God. But the righteousness of God speaks in this wise. That's what it says in Romans chapter 10. Righteousness speaks because for your righteousness to produce fruit of salvation, meaning freedom from bondage, and in every area, you've got to give your righteousness voice. Your righteousness speaks in this way. Don't go in the way of your natural feelings, but go by the word of God. The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. It's the word of faith that we preach. If you speak it and you believe it in your heart, it happens. Always so for the righteous. That's why you can speak to a leg and tell the leg in Jesus' name, grow. Because you are speaking in the authority of Jesus and because you spoke it, and you know that you are righteous, that leg must grow. Unless the person on the receiving side has no knowledge 
and no faith. Amen. But if they are in faith and they are happy, they are enthusiastic, they come, they really want to get well, you speak it, act it, and God confirms it. Because God is watching over his word to confirm it. Constantly doing that. He doesn't blink. He says, here he goes. He's about to say the word. We can't let him sink a little when he comes out of the boat. Amen? We got to get this water solid when he steps out in faith. Amen. One thing I know about God, when you step out in faith after you've received revelation, he'll never fail you. There's never a split second that goes by. As you step out, he's there. That's why I encourage people. When it comes to speaking in tongues, after you've prayed, just speak. You will never say one single word from your mouth that will not be from the Holy Spirit. He will never tolerate it. Once you open your mouth, he already knows what you're about to do. As soon as you open your mouth, the Holy Spirit takes over. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. The Holy Spirit comes in immediately, instantly. I've found so many people when I've been in the past, when, I, when they bring people who are possessed and are having a hard time uh, 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 to get the demon out, Pastor Paul in Nigeria will tell you that was my trick. Uh, I will get them to really receive Jesus for sure. Do you really mean it? They say yes. After they receive Jesus, I get them to pray to receive the Holy Spirit. And I tell them, when you hear me speaking in tongues, you have asked the Father. The Bible says, if you ask, when you stand praying, believe that you have received. And I said, well, you believe. And when you hear me speaking in tongues, you join me immediately. And when they proceed to join me, guess what? instantly you see a manifestation you've never seen before. Usually they fall to the ground, they're reading, and I said to the devil, I got it now. You got to leave right now. And guess what? Instantly they leave. And then I bring the person back up and I tell them, okay, now let's do it again. And then they begin to speak in tongues, but no manifestation. They're free now. It's an amazing thing that you see. Just speaking. So powerful. And I used to, people used to think I was doing some magic in those days. And I liked it that way. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> because they think you're doing something. But that's absolutely nothing. All I did was I commend the person and, I had, and they do it. And they're free. Sometimes they fall to the ground and the devil leaves. But sometimes they are spoken in tongues briefly. And the person thinks, was that the devil or the devil? I said, no, no, no. Just come on now. Let's do it again. And they start speaking in tongues fluently. And you see the smile come up on them. Now they know they got power. They feel good. And I feel good as well. Because they now know God's in the life. There's nothing better than that. Nothing better than that. So your words are so important. I want to read a scripture. Tonight I want to talk about growing into your inheritance in Christ. Growing, you are already righteous as a Christian. You have the righteousness of God. My righteousness equal to your righteousness. Your righteousness not a bit less or more than mine. The same. Why is it that some people can accomplish more than the others? Because they grew. Hello? They grew into their inheritance. 
God has a plan for every one of you. And believe me, if God planned your life, it's not going to be a small life. We make it small. We make it small. If God has a dream for your life, believe me, it's a supernatural dream. It's not a small dream. We make that dream small because we are not willing to go along with God. We are not willing to grow to get into our inheritance. But I'm going to start with the fact, your word. Two people can say the same thing. The devil will respond to one, he ignore the, the other one. You know why? One is a child, the other one is an adult. That's the difference. One is a child, the other one is an adult. The one who said the adult is coming to his inheritance. The adult is not there yet. I mean, the child is not there yet. And the devil knows it. He's not going to listen to a child. I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to listen to one of those children playing out here, telling me, Pastor, you better get out of this place now. I just ignore the, the words. That's the child speaking. That's the difference. Amen? That's why I said this is very important tonight. But let me start this way. There are things that adults can say, children can say, they don't understand it. You may wonder, why is it that God's not doing this? You're not there yet. You got the righteousness of God. That's why I'm always wondering. But spiritual growth has no limits. I need to put it that way. You can never come to the place where you think, hey, I got it now. There is no limit. Natural growth, there is limit. But spiritual growth is constant. But you get to be a mature person. But you're still growing. But you can become, you can, but you can stay a baby for 25 years. And God will protect your right to be a baby. Because that's what you want. So you're always going to and fro. Uncertain as you can be. Looking for what you don't even know. Because you're a baby. Jesus said, the Bible tells us about Jesus. He was coming from Jeru uh, going to Jerusalem from Bethany. I believe he was in, in um, Mary Martha's home and he was going back to Jerusalem to, to speak. And he says in the scripture here, Mark chapter 11, he says, now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry, naturally hungry. He was a man. He was hungry as a man. And seeing from afar a fig tree Having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. Well, that's not a good thing. God wants some fruits, amen? <laughs> Don't just leave. Leaves, okay? For it was not the season for figs. In response, say with me in response. Do you know things that are not alive that you think cannot speak can actually speak? Jesus responded to it, right? What he said, well, in response, Jesus went, he didn't see it, he responded. It's, it's the word there used as, as if the tree was speaking to Jesus, right? But it was not seasoned. Jesus responded to it. 
Jesus responded to it. He says, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Notice what he did. You know what most people would do? If you're going to say something like that, you say it real quietly under your breath so that nobody hears what you're saying in case it doesn't happen. And you're not a joke, right? But he said it and they heard it. If you are not able to speak it, you don't believe it. If you are not able to speak it so that you hear it, and others, if they are around, hear it, you really don't have, you are not operating in the faith of God. You know, you're not there. You're not there. It's hard to say these things. You have to really process it for a while. Uh, you've heard me say this before, and, uh, and, and I'm making my confession, but I'm really serious about it, and I don't feel anything I have to do. I just believe that. God's given me that grace. I think it was grace. I was just saying, I'm not going to die by any accident. You heard me say that? If I'm in a plane, and the plane wants to crash, the plane has to behave. Let come down first. Let me get out of it. And if you want to crash, go back up and crash wherever you want to crash. But never mean it. It's never going to happen. And I've said it. I mean it. It's a conviction in my heart. I don't think it's going to happen and say, if he hadn't said that, now the church is not going to. No, it's never going to happen. I just don't believe that's going to happen with me. Amen. Well, it's not a bragging thing. This is something I've processed in my mind for a while. And I decided that's not the way I want to go home. And based on the word of God, that's the way it's going to be. So if you're scared, ride with me. No kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but God watches over his words to perform it. You can't say that because you're scared. For people to hear it. Because you don't believe it. You understand what I'm saying? And if you say it quietly, that says you really don't believe it. And guess what? God has no reason to respond to that. He has no reason to respond to that. He responds only to what he says. If you meet his requirement, the world's requirement, God will meet you. He's faithful, ever faithful to his word. That's why I said, if I'm having unbelief, I'm ready to confess. I'm struggling, brother. Brother, I'm telling you, in this area... I'm really struggling because of what I see before my eyes. I'm not going to tell you I pretend that I'm not strongly, struggling with unbelief. But when I have faith, I'm not going to even discuss with you. I'll go after it. But you have to go with the word. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And what's happening to us, we hear a lot of people say all kinds of things these days. I just don't listen to those things. I made up my mind. I know what the word says. And if it bothers me, I go pray in tongues. Till I get rid of it from my mind. I got nothing to prove to anybody. It's between me and him. And there's nothing impossible with, with him. And I'm connected to him. And I'll, I can wait. Amen? I can wait. Jesus said it and they heard it. And notice when he said it, they heard it to the point where Peter was waiting to see what was going to happen to that tree. 
Otherwise, if he wasn't looking, he would have just walked by the tree and forgotten what Jesus said the previous day. It was 24 hours later, about, when they were going through. But Peter heard it, and in his mind, I'm going to see what happened to the tree. He spoke to that tree. We've never seen this before. Let's see what happened. And so I, I'm sure Peter woke up that morning thinking, not saying anything to anybody, but he was saying, I've got to watch that tree. As soon as they got there, he noticed it. Master look. He saw it. Was Jesus surprised? Absolutely not. He knew what was going to happen to the tree. I'm sure when they passed by in the evening, the tree was still green. Huh? That's where most people lose faith. When they don't see instant result, they give up. You know why? We're not there yet. Immaturity. Still a child. But Peter never said any word. Jesus never said anything. I'm sure they passed by the tree and Peter probably looked at the tree. The leaves are still okay. Everything is fine. I wonder what's going to happen. So they couldn't wait till they get there the next day. Many times we forget that these were just individuals. They were people like us. Many times when I sit with people talking in my office, this thing comes through my mind. I could have, Paul the Apostle, if he were alive, he could be the one sitting there and I'm talking to him. Because he was just a man. He was just a man just like me. We forget those things. And so because we forget that these people were human beings, we don't aspire to do the things that they did. But I'm not going to quit. I told God, I don't want to die yet. I've got to see some of these things. I've got to really see the hand of God at work, right before my eyes. It's right here, not when I get up there, right here. And I believe God wants to use every single one of you. I didn't hear that testimony by uh, Theresa tonight but, because I was busy, but I want to hear what happened there. But that's my, that's my desire. I heard a testimony, I think it was Jennifer, you prayed with somebody, the person got well, right? I heard you were part of somebody with group praying with people. I got a text message. That's what I want to see. Not just pastor, every one of you. I've got to see it. I just have to see it. Because that's what the scripture says, right? They shall lay hands on the sick, not the pastor. They, those who believe, right? Those who believe. And I've got to see it. That's why I'm going to pull some individuals, starting with the prayer partners. We are going to be healing the sick. We will be healing the sick. We're going to see sick people healed. I need you to bring them here. I don't care what they got. I don't care what the doctors have said to them. Bring them here. Cancer, whatever they are. Whatever they've told them, bring them here. God's going to heal them. And God's going to heal them through our prayer partners. I really believe that with all of my heart. So that we know that God is still alive. And God doesn't have favorites. Everyone is his favorite. Everyone. If you allow that. It says in verse 20, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. They, literally, they says, have the faith of God. The faith of God means you speak. Amen? Have faith in God. For assuredly, Jesus said, I'm going to assure you this. This is true. This is true. 
This is going to happen. I say to you, whoever, say with me, whoever means me. Whoever says to this mountain. But notice, Jesus just dealt with a tree, right? But he didn't talk about a tree. He talked about a mountain. He talked about a mountain. Because that's usually things that stand in our way. So we can get to our destiny. He used the tree to let us know that any mountain before you can be removed with your mouth. Your mouth determines what comes to you or what hinders you. You can speak to that mountain, Jesus said. You would have said, well, whoever says to this tree, is that not what you would expect? He didn't use the word tree. He said mountain. That's bigger than a tree. Jesus said it can be moved. If you will speak, how should you speak just like he did so that those around you hear it? If you want the same result, right, you must do it the way he did it, right? The whispering stuff is not going to work. Whispering to the devil doesn't make him afraid. <laughs> you got to talk with confidence and he listen. And if you're talking in confidence, you're not whispering. Especially when he's irritated you. You don't say, devil, please leave me. He's not going to listen to that. Leave me alone, devil, please. Why please to the devil? Tell him to get lost. Why use the word please to him? He didn't please you when he came to you. Why please him? Let him go. And tell him where to go. And say it in confidence. He's not bigger than the mountain. You can speak to him. That's what Jesus is saying. He move. Whoever decides in his heart, I'm going to speak to the mountain, right? It says if you speak to the mountain... Be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Notice you believe, but you don't allow unbelief in your heart. But believe that those things which he says will be done, Jesus said he shall be done. So my real problem is believing. Not really believing, refusing to allow unbelief after you've spoken. Amen? And he cannot lie. God is not a man that he should lie. Numbers 23 verse 19. Nor the son of man that he should repent or go back against his word. If he has said, he'll do it. If he has spoken, he will make it good. God says here, whoever, whoever, don't matter whether they feel righteous or not. Whoever speaks to the mountain. And refuse to allow unbelief. You have what you say. You have what you say. Many times we are saying things and believe things that are so negative, And we are wondering why we are hurting. You are constantly talking sickness, 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 sickness. And you really believe it from the heart. He works in the ne- negative way as well. Because there is fear associated with that. There is fear associated with that. When you speak those things, 
I would rather just not speak anything. That's just the way I try to deal with things. I would rather not speak it at all, even though it's in my head. I'm not going to speak it because I know what's going on. I'm thinking about it, but I won't say this, those words from my mouth. Because once you get pregnant with it and you speak it, you're giving birth to it, you got your baby. You can't just, you can't put it out anymore. It's your baby now. So I won't even say those words. I won't allow it. That's the discipline that the Bible says we should have. The one who is able to bridle his tongue, he's able to bridle his soul. In other words, you can keep your body and your life safe if you can handle what comes out of your mouth. And if you don't like it, usually I've had bad dreams. <laughs> and I, the dreams are really bad. You know what I do? Once I wake up, I just, just a few words. I cancel that dream from the beginning to the end of it with the blood of Jesus. And I say that dream will never see daylight. Not in this, not in, as long as God is alive, whatever, whatever, whatever that dream is and wherever he's coming from will never manifest itself in the natural world in my life ever. And usually, to me, he's gone. And if you ask me the next day, I can't remember what it was because he's dead. He's completely gone. But if you repeat that negative dream and you keep talking about it, you've given birth to it. And then fear comes in and attracts all the evil stuff. I just don't speak those things. There's no need. That's why we must grow to maturity. Because you begin to learn what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And then it becomes a part of you. And then you got your freedom. Now, not just to be thinking, not in a defensive posture all the time, trying to prevent the devil from hurting you. It's going out to hurt the devil. So when I step out, he says, here comes trouble. What is he up to now? What is he going to do next week? So we need to try to see how we can stop him. That's the way it should be. That's what they did for Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Silas. These men that have changed the world, they are coming to us. We're in real trouble. Can you see how ter terrified Satan was when Paul and Barnabas were showing up in the city? They were terrified, crying. These men, they cried out. The leaders were crying out. And we have the same inheritance. Amen? We have the same inheritance. The manifestation of the sons of God. You know, God calls everybody son because your spirit has no gender. Amen? Your spirit has no gender, male or female. When you are born again, you are a son of God. Amen? It's the flesh that has gender. Your spirit has none. You know, in Romans chapter 8, verse 19, it says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Amen. This whole creation is waiting for your revealing. This whole creation, the whole universe, 
They are waiting eagerly for your showing. You are that important to God in the scheme of things. Every one of you. Every one of you. This world is waiting for you. You know, in Jewish tradition, a man is not revealed, doesn't go out, especially if God has anything to do with it for the most part, until you're about 30 years old. David was anointed when? Probably when he was 16. It took him a while before he got to the place. That's the one after God's heart. They had other kings later, but that was just their doing. But listen to to this about John the Baptist, okay? Listen to this. Luke 1 verse 80. He's talking about John the Baptist after he was born. So the child grew. The child grew and became strong. Strong how? In the spirit. The child grew and became what? Strong in the spirit. And was where? In the desert till the day of his manifestation or revealing or showing to Israel. He was already called, anointed, filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. But no showing until it was right time for him. He was in the desert. But notice, while he was in the desert, he grew, even before he got, he grew as a man, physically, but not only that, he became a man spiritually. It says the, the, the child grew and became strong in the spirit before he is revealed. You are not going to be manifested or enter into your inheritance until you have grown and become a man in the spirit. Jesus, he said exactly the same words for Jesus. Exactly the same words. What is happening in the church is most people are not giving themselves to want to grow. So they stay babies. They don't put any effort. They don't try to grow. They like coming to church and doing the church thing. But they have no desire to grow and become mature. And you can see in the New Testament, it's replete with scriptures that say we must grow into maturity. We must become men and women of God. Because that's only when you can enter into your inheritance. That's the only time the devil will listen to you. That's what's happening to the church. Nobody wants the discipline. And the discipline is not hard. But nobody wants to go there. We've come into this mentality like what you, the drive through mentality. Give it to me now or I'll go to the next restaurant. There is a time 
to grow. And you must desire to get to that maturity so that God will use you. I know the things that God's doing to me. I couldn't, I couldn't even think about doing that when I was two years old as a, as a Christian. They, they were not in my thinking. You got to have that desire. That's what's wrong with the church. That's what is happening to us. That's why God's not doing a whole lot. There's no desire there. Every Christian, you meet a Christian, he's been a Christian for 30 years, he's acting like a baby. And you're wondering. No wonder God's not doing his great and mighty works. Because people stay babies. Now, this is about Jesus. Luke 2. I said this is very important. We need to get this tonight. Amen? You, every one of us need to get that tonight and make a decision what you're going to do. It's so important. This is the key thing that's happening in the body of Christ. No confidence in God. You can't see a man who has so much confidence. And if you see one who has confidence, who does he think he is? All of us should be that way. We are sons and daughters of God. We have no reason to be afraid of anything. I've got nothing to prove to anybody. I'm not afraid of witches. I'm not afraid of anything. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? Nobody can take your life. When I went to a witch doctor as a newborn, a new Christian, I was witch doctor. I was ready for him to put the poison in this stuff. And I was going to drink it. And I was sure it won't hurt me. I was very sure it won't hurt me. I told him so. I said, put, put whatever you want in your portion. Give it to me. That was just a few years old as a Christian. We really need to wake up, please. I mean, I know you're here. I'm, I'm talking to the old church body. We really need to wake up. There's so much that God has given to us. Our tongues and our ideas and our minds are taking us and driving us away from everything that God has prepared for us. We have been harassed, molested, by the devil who is under our feet because we have no knowledge and we haven't grown to be men and women of God. We haven't. Now, this is about Jesus. He said, so when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, that they were in Jerusalem, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. Again, and the child, what? Grew. And became what? Strong in the spirit again. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. You need to grow and get strong in the spirit, the capacity to handle God's anointing so that miracles and things, unusual things can happen in your life. But you got to grow. And be strong in the spirit. You got to grow. He was strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom. That's being strong in the spirit. Now, he was talking about Jesus as a man, not as God. And he's a God filled with wisdom. He has all wisdom. But as a man, he had to follow through everything that we had to go through. And so he grew physically. At this stage, while he was growing, he wasn't known as the son of God. All they knew was a carpenter until the day of his revealing. 
Amen? Until the day of his revealing. And the grace of God was upon him. Well, he is the grace of God. But as a man, he had to grow and be strong in the spirit. Notice something. Until the day of his revealing. When Jesus was born as a child, the angels celebrated him, right? Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And then this multitude of angels came and they sang glory to God. There were angels all over the place. Where was the father? The father doesn't celebrate a child. But when Jesus was baptized, after he was, at the time of his revealing, after he had grown to be a man, and it was time for his revealing, God didn't send any angel. He showed up himself. He showed up himself. And he announced it to the world, the showing has begun. The showing has begun. He said, this is my beloved son. God doesn't celebrate children. He wouldn't show up. The angels did that. But as a man, he celebrates. The whole creation waits eagerly for the revealing, not of the children of God, but the sons of God. Amen? That's what the problem is. Because people are still being children. And Paul talked to the Corinthians. Remember what he says? I can't talk to you as a daughter. Remember that? You're still children. In other words, what am I going to do? You want me to feed you again? I gave you good meat, you know? You got to grow up. Because there are certain things that children cannot do. God is waiting for the revealing. When Jesus grew up, it was time. He went into this. After his revealing, God spoke. He went into a synagogue. They gave him the Bible. Okay? And he turned to Isaiah 61 and began to read. We can find this in Luke chapter 4, verse 17 through 21. And he said... And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now I'm a man. He didn't anoint him while he was a child. Now he's grown. The time of his revealing had come. He says, He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Not when he was a child. Now as a man. Okay? To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. They were looking at him. And he began to say to them, today, this is my revealing. Right now, I'm telling you, this scripture is fulfilled before your eyes. This, this is revealing. It was already grown. And after that, 
Everywhere he went, the devils were saying, have you come to destroy us before the time? You remember that? It didn't happen when he was a child. Right? But after he was a man, and he had got, gotten strong in the spirit, filled with the spirit as a man, everywhere he went, the devil was terrified, crying in the synagogue and everywhere. Have you come to destroy us before the time? Let me read this scripture to you about growth and maturity. Galatians 4 verse 1 and 2. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Even though you are born again righteous, filled with the Holy Spirit and all of that, you're just like them, the other guys in the streets. Somebody who doesn't know God. Huh? A slave. Slave to who? The children of this world are slaves to the enemy, right? But as a child, guess what's going to happen to you? You're just like them. Full of fear, confused, trying to find yourself. Those are the things that happen to children. Even though he's an heir, as long as he's a child, he does, there's no difference between him and the slave. It's as if he's still in bondage if you stay as a child. Though he's master of all. See the difference? Even though you have received everything that God has to give to you, but because you refuse to grow up as a Christian into maturity, the devil treats you like a child. You can be, uh, let's say, uh, the king of England, and you are a little uh, boy growing up to be the next king, right? And they hire just ordinary person from the street. Guess who gives instruction to the future king? The person that's hired, ordering this king around. Sit down there. But when he becomes a man, he will be telling her, where is it? But that's what's happening. This is in the natural, but that's what's happening to us spiritually. Because we refuse to grow up. We refuse to grow up. I'm going to be discussing some of the things that we can do to grow up. It's very important. You decide where you want, how far you want to go with God. I just don't like games. I just don't want games. Not perfect, but I really want to follow this. I want, it, I want everything that God wants to do with me and my wife, let it be fulfilled right here first. And I don't think anything is impossible. So I'm ready to go as far as God wants me to go. Give me, let me think about it. I don't like games. We shouldn't like games. This is, this is very serious here. Every, any, every, that's why I met with our prayer partners. I'm telling them, I'm looking forward to see some of them know naturally. Why not? Why not? But most people don't want to think that way. They, th they think, well, well, we're just in Cyprus. So, well, you think those people didn't come from a place like Cyprus? Why not us? Why not me? Why not me? You know, you can put a lot of limitations on yourself. I can tell myself, you know, hey, these Americans won't listen to me. I have an accent. 
Don't you dare laugh. <laughs> and devil, the devil can tell you that. You can't succeed because, hey, look. But I got a God who is bigger than that. Amen? And you got to trust him. You don't defer unless you grow up. You see, God is not in the business of preparing blessings for you. The blessings have already been prepared for you. God is not in the, the business of giving you blessings. You are already blessed. The blessings are already there. You just have to know how to receive them. And you, God doesn't give it to you when you're still a child. We have few cars in our home. I don't know how many. But I won't, if Toju gets in one behind one and cranks, I'll tell him, get out of that car before I hurt you, son. <laughs> he's, not, he's not grown enough to, to drive. Can you agree with me? Well, every car belongs to him in the home, right? But you got to get to a place where I can let you drive. You got to grow up physically. If you have a baby that just been brought from the hospital and you are feeding the baby sticks because you like sticks, I'll call CPS on you. Because it's not time to eat sticks. That's something that God's using in the natural to help us to understand. God cannot give you something that you can't handle. You're still a baby. That's why Paul was saying, I can't deal with you, Corinthians. You are still babies. Strong meat belong to those who are mature. I can't get you to do this as a baby because pride will get in you and Satan will destroy you. Because you don't understand. We need to grow up as believers. This is what's hindering. I know we're righteous. I know we can speak to the mountains. And many Christians have said, this pastor talked about speaking positive things. I've been speaking positive things for two years now, and nothing has happened. Why? You're a baby. Who listens to babies? You cry, we put the, what do you call that stuff you put in baby's mouth? Yeah. If you're screaming and say, we, we pacify you, we just put that stuff in there. And the baby thinks it's okay and stops crying. I think that's what the devil is doing to most of us. We need to grow up, really. This is very important. We need to grow up. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 and 10, God has so much for us. It says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared, notice, has prepared for those who love him. And that's you. He's not preparing them. He has already prepared them. And you love them, so they are already available for you. But God has revealed them to us by what? Until it's revealed to you, you can enjoy it, even though it's there. But there are things not to say to children. How many know that? 
because they can't get it. They can't use it. As long as you are a child, you don't differ from a slave. You're still the same thing. So, since I know that from the word of God, I must work hard to grow. And spiritual growth, like I said, is limitless. You can continue to grow. You cannot just say, well, I, I have, God has used me in this and God has used me. I'm, I'm, I'm like this. If you stay that way, believe me, you die. You regress. I'm never satisfied. It doesn't matter if God used me. I'm, I have a lot of dreams with my wife. I have dreams. I want to see, I want to, can I tell you some of this? <laughs> I really want to see a stadium full of people where that I'm, God is pre- preaching to them with me and my wife preaching to them. I like to see them come to receive the Lord. It's a dream. And I'm believing God's going to make that happen. I still be pastor, but I still have that opportunity to do that. I want to see that before I die. I've seen some of it, but I want to see bigger born. Amen? I don't know. I can't tell you why. I just, I, I, I need to bring more people to God. I just need to. And God knows my heart. It's not a bragging thing. I just desire to see something like that. I just want to see it. To see God. I'm not there yet. But I'm believing God. I want to be there. So God take me through whatever I need to go through. So that I can handle something like that. Amen. I want to be ready to be able to handle something like that. Because when God sees I'm ready. And I can handle it. The day of my revealing comes to me. And then he'll pull every string. The resources will be there so that I can stand before the people and proclaim his name and he will be there doing what he has promised. Amen? But if you have no dream and you have no desire, I guess maybe I'm talking to the wrong crowd here with people here in church on Wednesday night, but some people don't even think. It's to think about going to church on Wednesday, that's far removed from their mind. Sunday morning is good enough meal <laughs> for them. There is no, no desire. And you can't force it on anybody. I just pray that those of you that are, sit, that are sitting here before me, that God will increase your heart's desire to know him more. To know him more. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. In other words, they will get to that place. They will grow. But people who are so... It's like they handle the kingdom of God so loosely. In other words, like I heard from somebody, they have their plans and they weave God's kingdom around their plans. And if it doesn't fall in place, God's stuff goes and they do whatever they like. You can't do that as a person for whom Jesus died. Every, your, the core of your life should be your Christian faith. Every other thing should go around it. And if it comes against it, you knock it off. You know, God knows those who are his. Jesus said that. He says, my father will only send to me those that he is called. Those will come to me. He said to the Jews, those that were listening to him, you don't listen to me because you don't belong to me. If you belong to me, you listen to me. And he says, he who comes to me, no one can come to me except my heavenly father draws him, he said. And those who come to me, I will in no wise cast away. So you have to desire in your heart. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. 
It's your responsibility. If you want to grow, God has a lot that he wants to show you. But if you want to be playing games, he will allow you to play games in the house of God. Now, I'll say this and I'm going to close as God brings this to me. It's a life lesson for me. Real, true life lesson. I've said this here maybe once before. I know two guys that grew up with me in the city. One of them is a preacher that's known all over the world today. If you've been in Nigeria and in Wari area, you'll see his church there. He was just a kid in church, Pastor Ayo or Richeja, for some of you from Nigeria will know about him. He's known all over Africa. He's very close to the T.L. Osborne, Kenneth Copeland, all of those people, they know him well. But he was just a, just a kid. I mean, one of the craziest kids around while I was growing up around me. I wish I were him now, but it's okay. <laughs> because God has used him so much. But he got radically saved. Radical. Radical. I mean, really radical. No looking back. The next thing I knew, he was preaching. And people were coming. Young people were coming like crazy. But that's not why I'm telling the story. There was also a friend. We were all, we grew up together, the same city, small city. There was also a friend that was close to this guy. Um, they too got saved at the same time. And they started with Ben Sanaida Hosa. They started this little church in town, and he was growing. One of them, the second guy, because I know them both, the second guy, he took advantage of it because there were a lot of young people, young girls in church and all of that, and he was taking advantage of the girls in church. He was one of the pastors. And that continued for a while. The other guy was growing. He was going down, but nobody knew it. By the time he died, I said this before, I had been in the United States. When he died, I mistakenly asked about him. They said, oh, we don't want to talk about that. Because when he died, his family and friends decided he was too wicked to be buried on the earth, in the earth. So they threw, took him into his body into the jungle and left his body there for the wild animals to eat. And I, I was dumbfounded. I remember once, my brother, I spoke to him today, he was telling me, uh, this guy, he mentioned him, he's making us to stumble in faith. And told me, we don't want you being like that. He was not a Christian. Because he's telling us something is not right with this, this faith. Because Christianity was new then. But he was playing games. He was playing games. He was deliberate about what he was doing. And God noticed. And he got really way down. The thing is, you take this thing very seriously. And follow through with God. Don't play games. Not saying you can be sinless, but let your heart be with God and it's in a way. And desire to grow. Desire for God to use you greater. Because when your heart's there, your God will keep your mind and heart. This is one thing I do. When something bothers me, I go to God and I commit it to God. And I say to God, you know, I don't want my life ending this way. Uh, please help me. You know where I draw that from? The Bible says, 
whatever you commit to God, he is able to keep until that day. So I commit that to him. My desire to always follow him, I talked to him years, years back. Give me David's kind of heart. Even when I stray, don't let me go away. Let me come back and stay. I commit that to you, please, never. I want to live with you when he's all over here. But I don't want to stay a baby. Amen? I want to do what, you, what I see you doing with that man. Please, just a little bit of that, please, God. Just a little bit of that will satisfy my heart. How many know God wants to satisfy our hearts? Amen. You just stand up with me tonight. Stand up with me. But get serious. I know that there are a lot of good Christians that we have here in our church. But we can take this whole city if we will get serious. Every one of us. And we pray. We spend time with God. We can turn this whole thing around if we get serious. And I believe that I'm standing before people tonight that are very serious with God. But I want us to make a covenant with God tonight, okay? I don't know. I didn't plan this, but I want you, every one of you here with me tonight. Let's, let's make a covenant with the Lord tonight. Everybody, please come up from your seat. Come up from your seat. This is very important. This is very important. I never planned this, but I want you. The Spirit of God is going to come upon you tonight. Amen? Every one of you. The Spirit of God is going to steady your way. So that the desire, if your desire is winning for God, there is no fire. I guarantee you from this very night, you will begin to see that fire back again. Amen. But I need you when you talk to him, talk to him with sincerity from the heart. Amen. Tell him in any way, oh God, that I'm slacking, that is displeasing to you. He, does, he still loves you, but you're slacking and he knows you're going to get in trouble. Tell him, God, I don't want that in my life. Please help me. I need, I'm committing that to you. Please help me. Put the fire back in my heart tonight. I just want to, ca I just want to catch fire. Please pour it on me. I, I need that. Because God will give you your heart's desire. And I want you to believe with me tonight that that fire is going to come inside of you. And you will want to see people come to the Lord. You want to minister. You want to see yourself doing things for God. Great things for God. And God will give you those things in your dreams. And the desire is going to go strong. I'm believing God tonight because the Lord Jesus is with us here tonight. And God's going to deliver that to you. Amen. Let's lift our hands up to him. Let's lift our hands up to him. Father, thank you. Can you play that song? I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Let's sing it again. I Father, we surrender to you, God. 
And we ask God that you take over our lives. That is our heart's desire. We want you to take over. Lord, vanquish everything that is contrary to your fire in our heart. And pour your fire into our heart. Touch our lips with your coal of fire. And let us burn for you tonight. Beginning this very night, Holy Spirit of the living God, Spirit of Jesus, Holy Spirit, pour your fire upon us tonight. We want to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. We want to burn for you, O oh God. We want to burn for you. Spirit of God, consume us. Take over. Take over, Holy Spirit. Take over our lives. Give us ministries that you've ordained for, for us from the foundations of the earth and direct our heart towards the ministry. Fill us with passion, O oh God. Tonight, let others who are part of this, this congregation see us on fire for God and follow suit to God. We thank you for your presence here tonight. We receive of your fire, Holy Spirit. Lord, Holy Spirit, we receive from your fire into our hearts. We believe that you will do signs and wonders through us, that you will bring many to the kingdom of God through our lives, through our words, through our actions. And we want to thank you, God. Father, let your fire fall on everyone that's standing before me tonight. In Jesus' name, make us flames of fire as your ministers. Flames, ministrants, flames of fire, reaching out to the whole world. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Next, not this coming week, but the week after, I want to tell you some things that you can do personally that, that will guarantee spiritual growth and maturity. But it will be up to you. I'm going to tell you, very open to you, some things that you can do. Um, this, is, this is something that I've done. It's helped me lately. I put things that challenge my faith. It's things bigger than I. I don't like to uh, compare myself with other ministers. I want ministers who are doing the much, much, much bigger stuff. That's what I want to see. And sometimes I put my hands over my head and I'm crying out to God, God, you got to help me. I'm not, you can't let me come over yet until I see a little bit of that. But I know not to despise the days of small beginnings. But seeing those helps my faith. God can still do it through me. Don't you dare desire to be just an ordinary Christian. No. No. There is really no difference between me and you. I just got called to do what I'm doing today. But I, have, I was doing the things, some things, while I was just a member. I didn't care whether Pastor Addison was my pastor. I did what I felt God was teaching me to do. And then he finally realized you can do this. So when he has somebody who is demon-possessed, he calls, picks up his phone, call God, now come over. So he's busy to do his ministry. As a church member, I'm taking care of the demon possessed. And I'm helping with what God was doing in the church. 
And then I learned and grew because he gave me that right hand of fellowship. We had this trust relationship. I want to see God use you here. Amen. I want to be able to pick up the phone and say, yeah, I'm going to call. I'm going to call Karen. Please come and help me. Pray with this person and get the person. I know she can help you. I know that. And then the word comes back to me. The stuff is done. Freeze me. Amen. And we are in ministry together. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed. We have a great work going. Amen.